0: I feel like Cover them. que give us hearts to receive, and Lord, let us be doers of your word, not just hearers only, but doers. (laughs) when you Hebrews 11 is full of heroes of faith, whose lives demonstrate these very attributes. And we've touched on Noah, Abraham, and Sarah. They persevered. They walked with God throughout their lives, trusting him and his faithfulness, even when the promises seemed non-existent, impossible, and dead. Studying their lives, we see the faithfulness of God, and we're still learning from them. Centuries later, I think that is so That's the kind of life I want to live. And I know that you know people, too, that even after they've they've gone on to be with the Lord, their lives still resonate and still minister to others. And that's what we see with those heroes of faith. Their steadfast faith continues to affect generations. God has that for you, too, that as you persevere, and you walk in faith with him, and you abide with him, it doesn't just affect you and you're here now, it just doesn't just affect your family and the kids that you're raising now, but it would have an effect on generations to come. they are still telling stories about how your great-great-grandpa met the Lord, and he chose to live in such a way, and that's who we are today, because he had the encounter with God. Yeah. God wants to do that and enter your life. Last week, we compared King Saul and King David. we contrasted their thoughts, their motivators, their obedience, and their hearts towards the things of God. We noted that King Saul's driving force was to advance himself and to escalate his image. The motives of his heart led him to compulsive acts, Mm -hmm. compulsive acts that devalued God's anointing and dishonored God. We can see through scripture how his pride and his self-elevation actually wound up costing him his kingship and his authority. We see how it cost him his peace and his fullness. And we see how it cost him his sanity, his sound mind, his sound judgment. You cannot maintain a sound mind while going against the commandments of God. I want to have insight. I want to understand how you perceive this. Well, you need to get into alignment with what Hebrews 11, none of the heroes of faith were perfect. When you read through it, none of them were perfect. You can find where they they sinned. David sinned. We know it. We can read about it. But here's the difference between David and King Saul. David owned his sin. And he kept his heart soft and repentant before God. What King David knew is he knew the way back to his Redeemer. Amen? When he fell, he knew his way back to his Redeemer, and he kept on running towards God and trusting his God, trusting the character of God to bring him into a restored state. Here's the thing when I their way back to me. And they continue to walk with me and abide with me. And I believe he calls you forward to be heroes of faith. And here's the thing as believers, this is what's so awesome about Hebrews 11. God never mentions but that's not typical. You have to have the long view, not be short-sighted. Maintain God's perspective and align with his words. And remember that God gives you grace and peace, his power and his provision. His power, and you mix it with your same power, some grit, a made-up mind. Remember that we have to have value the importance of aligning our heart and our head with God knowing that just like Noah, we're called to build. And just like Abraham, we're called to pioneer. And just like Sarah, we're called to deliver. And just like King David, we're called to lead with authority in God's kingdom truth in this day and age, amen? So 2 Peter 1, 1 through 12, that's our foundation scripture that we've been working on these last few weeks. Again, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And he talks about us walking in his divine power, and knowing his exceedingly great and precious promises, and being partakers of the divine nature. And he tells us, give all diligence to add to our faith. Virtue, hopefully you've seen that the past few weeks. Virtue, that moral character, that strength, and that courage. Knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, Kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today Peter talks about grace and peace. He starts with that and he wraps it up with brotherly kindness and love. And that's what I want to uh, work on today: is brotherly kindness and love. I studied out the original language of brotherly love, and it anything and give you a definition that would steer you wrong. But here's what planting means. It means to place, position, fix in the ground so it can grow. You know what happens when you place, position, or fix something in the ground so it can grow? You all learned that. your position. that he spent as a shepherd, spending time with, with the Lord, worshiping him, trusting him to take on the lion and the bear. That unseen thing turned out to be the most valuable. That relationship with the Lord was established is what sustained him when he became king. Just like the condition of your heart, what's going on in your head, they affect your faith and the direction of your life. Ruth mattered like where you position yourself, coming to church, being engaged. Roots matter. Years ago, our family took an amazing road trip. It was 18 days long. And we went out, road trip up through the northern Pacific Northwest, down the coastline, back through the Red River Forest from Yellowstone, and came back. It was awesome. If I could do it again, I would do it in a heartbeat. It was the best trip we got to visit the Redwood Forest in Northern California, and it was amazing. If you haven't been there, you need to go. Pictures just don't do it justice. But here's the thing. When you're walking through the Redwoods, and you're walking among these giants, it's like walking among, it's like walking on sacred ground. These trees are 500 to 2,000 years old. I mean, they were weathered the toughest storms, and they're still standing. Their presence and majesty can't help but bring glory to God. And I love that Romans 1.20 tells us, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We can look at creation, and we can see the evidence of our God, and take that in. Here's some things that I found so interesting about the Redwoods 500 to 2,000 years. Number one, they're fire resistant. A 200-foot redwood, which is kind of medium-sized, with a trunk five feet feet in diameter, holds 34,000 pounds of water, and transpires up to 200 to 500 gallons of water each day. These giants are tapped into a water source. This is one of the main reasons that makes them resistant Another reason is that their bark can grow up to a foot thick. They have a tough skin and a tender heart. That's what we need, huh? Sometimes that's what we need, like a little bit of a tough skin, a little bit of grit, and a tender heart towards the things of God. Jesus said, he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. We were singing about abiding in Christ. We need to When we place our confidence in Christ, He is our source, and we're fireproof. Amen? Another character that contributes to the Redwood survival is their stability. Unlike what we saw around our neighborhoods, their stability comes from being connected. Surprisingly, these trees grow grow two to three hundred feet tall. The tallest one is about 325 feet tall. And their roots only go six feet. Feet deep. I thought that was remarkable. I thought, man, those roots have to go like 50 feet down. They only go six to 12 feet deep, but here's the here's the ticket. Their roots are interlocked among each other. If you looked underneath the ground, they're intertwined, and that connection is what holds them up. There's no wind that can hold them over. There's no storm that can take them down because they are connected. They stay kindness add love because when you do that you come together you stay connected you lock together encouraging one another and believing and pursuing God together it makes you resistant to life's storms. it builds up your faith where are you rooted it's important do you surround yourself with believers who bring stability and encourage you to grow in your faith block or are you surrounded with people who pull you away from God those who weather life storms with you or leave you standing on your home. I want to encourage you this morning to be planted where you can thrive. And to be that friend, to be that believer that uses your gifts to encourage others to cheer on their victories and walk with them through their mess. Add to your faith brotherly kindness and love because when you do, that's where you see the fruit. When you walk with somebody and see them come into that place of victory, or you pray with somebody and see their miracle come to pass, that's where you see the fruit. And that's what builds your faith. We see a great example of this in Mark chapter 2. It's the story of the paralytic. And Jesus is in Capernaum. He's drawing a massive crowd, so massive that the house is full. You can't get in there anymore. Everyone wants to come and see Jesus. But there's one particular guy that's a paralytic. He couldn't get to Jesus on his own. We're not sure why he was a paralytic or for how long he was paralyzed, but he had four awesome friends, and this is what his four awesome friends did for him. They helped carry his weight. They knew his needs. They were determined to get him to Jesus, and they pressed past the obstacles with grit and grace. Amen? It says in the word that when Jesus saw their faith, oh, well, first of all, what they did, what did they do? They lowered him down through the roof. You know the story. It says, when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let him down the, let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw the faith of his friends, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes that were there, they thought, who does he think he is? Saying that he can forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. And they just read their heart, they didn't say it out loud, they just reasoned it in their heart But God knows the hearts of men, mm-hmm. and so Jesus spoke to that and said, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, and to say, arise, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. And doing that, Jesus just said, listen, I know what's going on in your heart, but just so you know, I'll go ahead and establish my authority right here. I'm going to forgive this guy's sin, and I'm also going to heal him. I'm going to move on behalf of the the friends' faith. It was the friends of the paralytic, their faith, that drew Jesus' attention. And Jesus said, okay, we're going to take care of this issue, but first we're going to prioritize the internal issues, the things that are unseen. We're going to prioritize the eternal issues and make sure this guy's heart is right. So your sins are forgiven you. And now we're going to go ahead and restore you physically. And there's a testimony there. See, that brotherly kindness. if you find yourself in that situation, something that brings encouragement. By brotherly kindness and love comes from Hebrews 3.13. It says, exhort one another daily, while it's still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That text message I received just at that time when I was reading that devotional, I'm so glad that friend decided, you know what? I'm going to send a little message of exhortation today. Right now, when I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit, not, um, I'll, I'll do it after lunch. Just that that act of obedience. You don't know how that timing aligns with what's going on. But God says, when he says, hey, I need you to do this, don't hesitate. <laughs> act on it. Do it while it's still called today. Because you want to, you just, I, I hear the prayers, right? i I I've prayed the prayers. Like, God, use me. God, use me. I'll do anything you send a little word of encouragement, call, or walk. Yeah, I'll do that next week. But that person needed it right at that moment. Mm -hmm. How about just walking and striving with God and being obedient to what he's called us to do? 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. We have responsibility for one another, looking out for each other, taking care of making sure the whole is doing okay, that we're healthy, that we're well, and we're able to minister the way God created us to. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So now I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because you are all here. Right? <laughs> but that's what the worst Be planted, because being planted matters. Roots matter. Sharing your gifts, your special gifts that God gave you, it matters. Adding these things to your faith, strengthens your faith, it matters. Just like the example of the red ones, being connected, we thrive when we're connected with Jesus, and then when we're connected to one another. We literally become firefighters. Mm-hmm. I'm going really to invite you to go ahead and stand with me as I invite the worship team back up. Creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have been